Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. Gabe, we're going to talk mostly about the Louisville basketball team. Yes. But the one-off topic thing before we get into any of that, um, I I do want to ask you, can Craig Greenberg corner the Louisville (laughs) running demographic and steal a mayor seat? Is it is it a good uh, is it a good campaign strategy to really just go after the Louisville running demographic in a in a campaign that's basically going to be with with the top message is going to be law and order right from everybody that's running? He, he's he's running, Chris. He's he's literally, literally <laughs> and figuratively running. Um, quite a you, you know we we talked a little bit about Craig last last go around and it was I was like you know you know he 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 talked a lot about law and order and hiring a lot more police officers um he he's talking of, about marijuana decriminalization yeah, he's, I was about to say he went from talking about that to now talking about marijuana decriminalization and um apparently he's making some kind of announcement tomorrow I think he tweeted or something like that um which you know good for him I guess um yeah no he's 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 cornered the running market he's doing if 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 anyone if anyone's not aware of what Craig Greenberg's doing uh he says he's running in every precinct in the city. So like, you know, everyone's got a precinct where you quote unquote go to vote, you know? Um, so like the little church or elementary school you go to, there's probably like 12 precincts or eight precincts that all go to that little area to go vote. So there's several hundred of those in the city. Right. Um, and he's running through all of them. He's got a little map on his, uh, on his website that you can see where he's ran. If he hasn't run in your neighborhood yet, you can <laughs> apply to meet him at it's said neighborhood. It. He ran, I checked, right. It's very Andrew Yang ish. It's very Andrew Yang. Uh, I checked to see if he was, uh, if he had run through my neighborhood, he already had, I was kind of bummed out. I uh, wanted to kind of, you know, he says, he'll talk to you, you know, and you can give him a piece of your mind if you really want. Um, I'm sure he's had one or two people do that. Um, I have a feeling he's done most of the neighborhoods where people are going to do that already, you know? Um, yeah. You know, I just think, I think my, I think this man is, uh, you know, he, he's doing his thing. Um, he wants like to, come, we're going to be talking about him on the pod. We're going to be talking about him on the pod. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't I'm know. I'm just quite. asking right now, what is, what is the legitimacy of his campaign? Do you have any read on that? I think it's quite legitimate. Yeah, I'm talking about to actually like win. Oh, he's 100 percent gonna win. Okay. Okay. I, I, w- I would put the chances of his not winning at like two two to to three percent. Okay. Like I, I, I mean, I, 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 that that wasn't quite I the read that, that I got on it, but I'm not. I wish that wasn't in the case. Anymore, so, I wish that wasn't the case. I just think the people who are gonna the people who go vote just like do. Um, you know, and, and, um, I don't think there's enough people that, that, that strongly disagree with Craig Greenberg who are, you know, going to go vote, you know, you'd have to have everyone in the Highlands, you know, come out in droves and vote for him. Here, here's my point. If, um, if Andy Brashear can win, uh, Jefferson County in a, primary then i don't think i don't think there's any chance that craig greenberg can can lose i got gotcha. you yeah i mean that wasn't quite my read on it but i'm not in the i might be so. totally wrong i might be no, you, you, someone's, gonna DM, better person to ask me. someone's yeah. gonna dm me and say no that's totally not the case i i, I don't know I, it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be yeah. interesting we'll, we'll, I'm, I'm excited to just follow it um so okay. yeah Chris, let's talk hoops let's let's uh let's hit the intro let's not waste any more time from inside the Waterson Expressway. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. And we're back, Chris. Uh, we are recording this at 10.48 p.m. Just after the Louisville Cardinals downed the Boston College Eagles at home, 67-54, ending a three-game skid. Um, Chris, what did you take away from this game? What, are, what, what What's the jumping off point for you? Where are we in the, in, the, in the scope of this narrative? I think sometimes there's just a game that steadies the water and you don't really have a strong reaction one way or another, and that was this one for sure. I mean, 
I'm not going to get excited at whether you beat Boston College by 20. And I'm probably not going to have a strong reaction if you beat him by five or you score in a buzzer beater. You won the game. Um, the biggest narrative for me is what happens going forward. And in a season where we haven't seen this team really build upon much, how do they do that? So you saw Jalen Withers probably have his best performance of the season. I'm sure that's the biggest talking point of tonight, 100%. if there is one, is is Jalen Withers looking like a basketball player again, which was cool. Uh, so how do you build upon that? Uh, addition to that, you had L. Ellis seemed to be getting more comfortable, looked in complete control of the offense at times. I thought Mason Faulkner was good in stretches. Uh, defensively, I thought Louisville was more active. I don't know if they were really good, uh, but they were energized much more than they were against Pittsburgh. So, yeah, I mean, you said it with Scott Satterfield, and now you're saying it was Chris Mack. At least the team didn't quit because they (laughs) definitely played hard tonight. Um, And that's kind of where we're at right now. 100%. And and Boston College, I think, gave them a a, a good shot. They played great perimeter defense. I think some of the issues issues are still there. Noah Locke, three of seven from three. uh, Oh, three from... um, Oh, oh, three from the... Um, from inside the arc, uh, was able to get to the line once, um, you know, not a ton of turnovers, 11 turnovers, which I think was, is about fine for sort of the pace that they played, um, you know, only shot, you know, shot 16 of 18 as a team, um, from three, you know, which wasn't, you know, it, it is, is not where you'd love to see this, um, you know, especially against a team like Boston college It you know, frankly, isn't that good or isn't good at all. Um, but it stopped the bleeding for now. You know, there's, there's the, the, the problem, the problem with this, with, with this, this deal right now with this Louisville team is here comes the gauntlet. You've get, you get Notre Dame, Virginia, Duke, North Carolina, um, back, you know, for the next four games. Um, it's, it's, it's not ideal. It's, uh, there's going to be some tough times and some tough games, but, you know, last time we talked, we were kind of lamenting this loss to Florida state and wondering what the ceiling of this team is. And, and since then the, the wheels have just about fallen off. Um, so yeah, I'm right there with you in terms of what, you know, um, it, it, it stopped the bleeding for now. There's, there's still a ton of other things wrong with this body in the, in the OR, but um, uh, the I'm biggest, st- the, the biggest symptom is not ideal. <laughs> and I'm still stuck in this point of where I'm just trying to figure out what the hell just happened, where, what kind of went wrong with this team, because this is the same team that did beat the second best team in the conference wake force, you know, they played that Michigan state game was not indicative of the final score. They played Michigan state very tough at Michigan state. They, you know, they, they did the thing they did in the Bahamas. So to to have that performance against Pittsburgh, the way they played, they were just so lifeless. It was so deflating. It wasn't the most embarrassing loss Louisville has had by name this season or even, you know, ever, but the feeling of that game, everything surrounding it was that mm-hmm. nobody wanted to be there. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, that was totally different tonight. There was emotion, but yes, it's, it's tough to kind of talk about this team going forward because ultimately, you know, if you don't win what three out of four of the next, next that four that you got coming, you, you think that the, the destination is not going to be the pole season. And that's that's the kind of the barometer that everyone in this fan base, the minimum barometer that they set for Chris Mack this season was to make the NCAA tournament. And if you can't do that, then it's tough to get excited about much. It, it, it's hard for me right now to even talk about, you know. Yeah, we. I think I think the biggest thing, and you tweeted out, is you know there was that did this Pittsburgh game is happening, and you and I were talking about NFL football. We, we were much more, we were much more in tune with what was going on with uh playoff games than we were with that Pittsburgh game. And I had it on this, you know, on my laptop and um, was checking back and there, I was like, we're going to lose this game. We we're going to lose this game. And, and never I really I, felt like they were going to win it at any point. They, never at one point did I ever feel like they were going to win that <laughs> basketball game. And I, again, I wasn't watching with a hundred percent of my attention, but that's like an indictment on its own, Chris. That's an indictment of, 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 of where this program is and, and, and a fan base uh, it, it just in the absolute shitter. <laughs> that that is is completely done is through. I, I'm 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 right there with them. Um, 
And I don't, uh, barring a magical turnaround, like you just said, winning three of the next four, I think is a hundred percent. That's minimum. That's, it's the minimum like entry into me thinking that this ship can be turned around as winning. Three yeah. The I mean, the, the, the odd thing is I could see this team, you know, getting a big crowd for Duke and playing with a lot of emotion, maybe pulling an upset, mm-hmm. but I could obviously like see them just losing all four of those games. It wouldn't, sh- I tweeted that today. Like I, I could absolutely see this team going on the road and winning at North Carolina and, or beating Duke. And you're just like, what the hell, how did that happen? Because they play, kind of up to the emotion or they kind of play down to their opponents. I, I could see that happen. Um, Mac told Paul Rogers that he wants a good crowd to come out and support the team Saturday, regardless about how they feel about me. So it's another microaggression oh from Chris Mack and probably what now four consecutive press conferences of where there's some kind of snide remark from him, whether it's towards a fan base, whether it's towards the media. And these are signs these are bad coach, signs. Coach that's going out the door. Do we want to talk about the Tim Sullivan thing right now? I mean, we can spin our wheels on this and we'll come back to this, but we, 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 so let's much has happened. The Tim let's Sullivan. at least mention the Sully stuff. Let's mention the Sully stuff. And you know, we're, we're, we're Sully defenders on this podcast. We're, we're, we're far from, we're, we're Sully apologists, far from, far from Sully haters. Right. Um, Tim Sullivan, uh, brings up the fact that after losing to Pitt, Chris Mack kind of mentioned that he didn't know how to, you know, he, I'm paraphrasing Sully's paraphrasing, but you know, Chris Mack didn't know how to reach the families. He said like, are you depressed? Are you like, are you unsure of, uh, you know, uh, it, 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 or the players like not doing well, et cetera. Seems et cetera. depressed to me. Seemed depressed to me after that Pitt loss, you know, going back and, you know, definitely a level of, of realizing that you failed on the, on the right. part of Chris Mack and, um, and Chris Mack was just like, that's not true. I didn't say that. You're the one making the quote. <laughs> it was like, you're the it one saying a, it. <laughs> it felt like, um, like it was out, out. It's not Donald Trumpish, but it's out of that book. It felt that way a little bit to me. Um, Sully should have had the quote. Sully should have had the quote. Sully Sully should have had it dead to rights, but he wasn't far off. And, and I, I don't remember who it was like the third guy on, on DRB. What's his name? John, 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 John Lewis, John Lewis, Jonathan, something. He went back and rolled the tape. He went back and rolled the tape and it wasn't, it was about 80% there. I would say he got about 80%. You know, he definitely should have had the receipts. I think Sully that's, that's probably, that's probably, you know, would have been, would have been the slam dunk there a hundred percent. But we'll say that some of that stuff though, like him kind of doing that back and forth with the media is part of the reason that this conversation is so toxic because I mean, there's a host of media members that back Scott Satterfield still when everything was going negative. And oh, no, because no, they're it, still backing Scott Satterfield. Well, yeah, but but even when they were, I mean, I don't know if they're at the lowest now because he has built a little momentum in the postseason. But when they were at their lowest, he was still getting probably over 50% backing for the media, and he hasn't done a damn thing. <laughs> and Max at least, at least won some games that you're like, you know, when at Duke – beat Duke twice, went to North Carolina, Michigan, things like that, where you're like, okay, that's, that's cool. But you know, when you kind of throw the media under the bus, you're not going to get that favor Mm -hmm. anymore. You're not going to get the, um, you know, give this guy a little more time. So that just to me is, makes me question like, what are you thinking, dude? It's not the time to be doing that. It's, um, yeah, someone very smart told me about Chris Mack. You can, it, it, he's, you know, he, he, he can be an asshole and, and being yeah. an asshole is fine if you're winning, but you're not winning right now. So being an asshole looks so much worse right now. And it just feels I, so much worse. And I have go broadened ahead. my college basketball circle, I guess a little bit more this season and spoke with some people that are a little bit further away from mobile. And none of them are actually sad about Chris McFelling. I will say that. <laughs> That's hard. That's hard. I, 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 I wanted this to work, Chris. I wanted this to work. Um, 
Still can. I had. I think it still can. It still can. I don't. I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't I don't bet see it happening. But I wouldn't bet can. on it. Here's a question someone posed to me today, and I'm going to ask you: um, If you had the choice between Louisville making the tournament, and you and I know what it's going to take, it's going to take probably some memorable wins over some teams that you like to beat. Oh, you know, UNC, Duke, Virginia. Um, et yeah, I mean, you go. There's a lot of different routes. There's a lot, you but go, let's you let's go say before you go to the semis of the ACC tournament. Let's say it's ACC, not yeah. winning the ACC tournament. You know, let's say it's right. a different way. You, you go. You make the NCAA tournament. You lose in the first weekend, or you don't make the tournament and you fire. It, you 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 make the NCAA tournament. You don't leave the first weekend. You keep Chris back for another year, or you don't make the tournament and you fire Chris back. Which of those options would you select at this point? The the second one, I think. Getting rid of Chris Mack. I think that's, that's the answer to the question. I think the vibes are the vibes are gone, bro. The vibes are the vibes are bad. The um it's not that I don't think Chris Mack is a good coach. I still think that. Yeah. Um, I think he's a talented coach. I think he's a good in-game adjuster. I don't think he gets enough credit for that at Louisville. He's done that timeless occasions. People don't point it out because well, of their personal feelings. I mean, but the one that comes to mind last season there's a few instances this season but you know last season put in david johnson in the post against the dude from duke um yeah. won that game won that game for him there's a few things against florida state um you know didn't quite flip the switch but got them back in the game but n- n- better than that i mean i do think he's a good coach but at some point it doesn't even become about that right everything else around it feels unattainable unattainable i mean um I think I think the point you're right. Is, you just need good vibes. There's the the, the whole the, we, we're so deep in this hole that I feel like the only thing that's going to put a shock to the fan base is going to be starting fresh, going to be starting new. And like I just um, I, I think so much about the fan base right now. We've talked so many times about how uninterested people are. It's just. I, I see, I saw Joe, Joe Gerth. He was doing this from being a UK fan perspective. So like, take that as you will. Just here's a picture. Someone sent me of the complete empty upper deck and the yum center. Yeah. I mean, Alabama was pretty empty tonight against, of course, of course, LSU, but, but, but still, yeah. but still it, that's not a little basketball. That's not what no, it's, it's not. And there's a ton of other things. The pandemic hundred percent has something to do with it. I haven't been to a game in the last month, mostly because of that. And you know, that's hundred percent the real, but, but, but there's no buzz. There's no palpable buzz in the city. It's just like, uh, little basketball. And yeah, yeah. I mean, even sometimes when you're losing, you can still keep that buzz going. Like yes. all, th- all three game yes. losing streaks aren't created equally. Yes. At all. That's fantastic. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a quote. <laughs> Baylor's gonna lose they did beat west virginia i guess i'm pretty sure they beat west virginia last night but they were on the verge of losing three games in a row but they weren't gonna come back to even if you take away the national championship last year say they go to the final four and they don't win it they were gonna come back to an empty stadium because there is a belief in their program there's a belief in their coaching staff everybody is bought in there's what maybe 40 percent, and that's being generous that are still bought into chris mack yeah and uh, we've talked about this with Sat, but getting that 10% back is so much more difficult. It's so much harder. Went, like if you get 80% of the fan base, getting like to a hundred is really easy. You right. just win a few games and everyone's all in. But once you get to like a level of half bought in, it's so much harder to bridge that gap. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know. It, it which is wild because I feel like, you know, there's things to be excited about <laughs> moving forward. I think this, this recruiting class is, is there's some, yeah. you know, there's some pieces, man, you know, Kamari lands, dude. Like that sounds really fun. This, this King guy might be an actual dude. You know? I think L Ellis is a pro. L Ellis really comes back for another season. Like there's pieces, dude, there's pieces. And, um, I, 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 I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get put through the ringer for this, but it's just like I, I I do. There's so much of me that wonders just about luck. I I feel like yeah, Chris Mack Chris Mack has failed in in many ways. Um, player development, 
hundred percent. We talked about a lot on that, on that spaces right after the FSU game play player development, a real issue um, coming out flat in a lot of situations, um, talent selection, you know, of course we had the super six and just these, just these guys, talent, eval- talent, evaluation, talent evaluation, talent like evaluation. Sydney Curry and LL is sitting on the bench for the majority of the season. Now you're seeing them be successful. The, like, um, um, toughness, you know, Chris Mack, we, we, we brought him into, to, to because we loved what he did at Xavier and how tough his teams were. And like he coached the zip him up Xavier Musk Musketeers, dude. Like, like those dudes were controversial, but I love the shit out of those teams. And and sure. that's what we wanted. And we haven't gotten that. The toughest person since he's been here. I mean, probably Sidney Curry is like the second toughest player he's had outside of Dwayne Sutton, right? Like I think we could say that probably. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that. And you talk about the luck stuff. Just sometimes it just doesn't work out. Sometimes you know, it just you, doesn't work you, out. You get that, you get that COVID year and you have obviously Chris Mack's best team. That team goes to the sweet 16. I mean, and I know listen, everything listen, and for this someone's program yelling, changes. Someone's yelling, someone's yelling, listening to this podcast saying, Oh, but they were looked really bad the month before the season. Yes. You can't, yes, you can't do We that. know that. We know that, but they would have made the second weekend. They would have made the second week. You, you just, you just can't do that. You can't I mean, do that, that team. If you, cause if you say that, you also have to say that team was ranked number one in the country. Right. Because they were. And sometimes it's all it takes is a little momentum and a little belief. You go on a decent tournament run. Maybe you land some of yeah. these recruits that you don't land. Right, right. Maybe talent evaluation isn't a problem. Maybe player development isn't an issue because you have guys that are coming in. You don't have to use the portal. I mean, there's a lot of things that could have happened. And last year, yeah, last year, maybe you they don't win that over. You win that overtime game at Kentucky. Yeah. Maybe that changes the program. Last, I mean, and last year, last year, you know, they, they had two COVID breaks. Maybe they have one COVID break. Then they win a few extra games. They, they, instead of being the 69th team, maybe they're the 67th, the 67th. And maybe Carly comes back. Maybe Carly comes back because he gets a taste of the tournament and he wants to do it again. And then you have a backcourt of Carly Jones and L. Ellis and Mason Faulkner. You never go get Jarrett West. I think that's pretty good. I mean, sometimes that's what happens, especially in basketball. And it sucks. I want Louisville to hire. I'm just going to say that I want Louisville to hire Mike Boyd. Just so that's presented on this podcast. I have talked to other we people in the, last, in the last 24 hours. We were going to do that part. Oh, you we, have we, to we, jump we, the gun. I just, I'm very excited and I'm all in on Lowell hiring my boy. I'm 100%. Okay. Hire, hire good basketball minds and assistants and let my guy roll. I am all about it. Chris, if you had to put a percentage chance of Chris Mack being the head coach of Louisville basketball on September the 1st, 2022, what would the percentage chance be? I think it's still probably like 55%. Okay. Because Louisville doesn't have an AD yet. Um, I, I <laughs> have probably been, get one of those. I have been told that um, there should be movement on uh, the process right whatever the selection team the the search group um so we're probably looking at four to six weeks before getting an 80 i have been right. told that just just to okay. give people a heads up i don't know I, I was told at one point there was going to be a meeting at the end of this week but i think i guess they have to give you a 24-hour warning so if we hear thursday um that they're going to have a meeting it's about finding a search firm for an 80 yeah just to give you so, a heads up so, i mean I would say into March, you need that because you obviously have to be ready for final four weekend. That's when all those situations, when contracts are made, that's when mm-hmm. coaches are interviewed, all that stuff happens then. So you have to kind of fully be, let me ask you, is it almost better at this point for Louisville to go ahead and get their NOA? Like I want that done. Yeah. That's almost like a selling point at this point because a coach can come in and say, well, we get the postseason ban. Whoever comes in has a free yeah. year. Yeah. You have no pressure. Right. And that almost makes the job more attractive. I, I think I think the only concern, I think the concern has to be, you know, if it goes, you know, what is do they get a, a year? do they get two years? Like, I, I think you're like, you, you probably, you years. probably hire somebody and say, Hey, listen, we think we're going to get one year. 
Like we think you're going to get one year. Probably um, we saw what happened to NC state. We feel like they're going to probably smack us a little harder because we're already on probation. Um, and by the way, did you see the, the, I, the, some like details from the constitution, the new NCAA constitution have been leaking. Um, I did not see that. And one of the details said for the new um, infractions um, process or whatever, like it has to be a priority of the punishments and the penalties that they do not punish the people who were, who were not involved in the time when things were happening. I mean, I'm a, I'm under the belief that maybe three or four years from now that punishments from the NCAA are going to be like unheard of. I think, I think, I think we're close to the end on that for sure. I, I mean, think I, so. I, I don't know what their even their scope's going to be, but at, you could be looking at maybe Louisville being one of the last programs punished for something <laughs> for a long time. That'd be but, funny. But you, you have a good point here. You have a good point. Someone, you know, it, if someone's like, Oh, that roster is really tough. Well, you know, you get next, you get a free year where you're not going to have to worry about going to the NCAA tournament and no one's going to be mad at you. Um, Expectations. So I'm a little bit towards like 65%, I would say just a hair under 66. I just want to prepare for everything in my mind. I I think that's fair. Scott Scott Satterfield is still the coach. I would not be shocked if he stays. (laughs) I would not be shocked if if they gave him another year. I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Um, So you you would be, go ahead. Would you be more shocked if he stayed or would you be more shocked in a shock, a smart type situation where it's like, we're not going to fire you, but you should probably go get another job. I think that's probably the most likely situation. Yeah. Or some kind of, I mean, I think I, I, I don't think Tim Sullivan's riding out of his ass when he says, oh, they should probably come to an agreement. Um, there's enough rich people in the city that tell Tim Sullivan, I would do this right about it. So um, I think, so I think there are all, it's like the thing to keep in mind, you know, don't use Scott Satterfield as a, as a ruler here for this. There's a lot more open wallets. about that when you're, when you're, there's a lot more open walls when you're talking about this basketball program, the you're wallets right are that. much quicker to open. And I think that's something people in general should kind of remember when we're talking about his job status is that the expectations for each program are insanely different and they should be. I mean, I I've heard some people talk about, you know, maybe this has happened a little too fast. Maybe the players are the problem things like that. And I'm here to tell you that none of that matters. Yeah. Context. It's, it's one of those like instances where context doesn't really matter anymore. It's year mm-hmm. four. And you didn't make the NCAA tournament. That's all that needs to be said. Right. It sucks. We just spent, you know, 20 minutes talking about the unluckiness. Um, but I think that's probably something people should kind of keep in mind. Okay. What else is on your mind? Mike Boynton. Tell us about Mike Boynton, Chris. Why, why are you on the Mike Boynton train? Well, do you, do you want me to actually, can you tell me about Bruce Pearl uh, first and your, your Bruce Pearl take? And I'll give you that because that's probably the one we should like, that's more of the elephant pressing in the room. I just introduced a whole new coach to someone and we can, we can go on that. There seems to be, there seem, I, I don't know if it's smoke with the Bruce Pearl thing, but there does seem to be like uh crack fan base driven momentum. Fan base driven right? momentum. That's fair. Um, okay. he, he, here's, here's my, here's my, my Bruce Pearl take. Um, I don't want to give anyone the layup headline Louisville hires previously NCAA sanctioned head coach. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't want, I, that's, that's, that's the, the Bruce Pearl NCAA issues are paragraph three of that article. And I just don't want that layup. And um, I, I think second to that is his age. I think he's going to be 62 by the time he would probably take this, this job. Um, I am interested in somebody that's going to, you know, be youthful, be here, hopefully a long period of time. I, you know, um, I'd love for someone that we can think about 
you know, over a decade, you know, I don't think that's, I think you're looking at probably five years to seven years with, with, with Bruce Pearl, just time-wise that it doesn't strike me as the, as a, a coach K type, who's going to go late into the night. Um, I just got a, I just got an alert about Frank Vogel addressing his job security. So <laughs> I will tell you that both of my favorite basketball teams are in the middle of firing their coach. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Um, and listen, I get it. I, I, I get it saying F you to the NCAA. I, I get that. That's fine. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm just tired of that discourse. I'm just tired okay. of being a, uh, uh, associate. I'm not saying we need to hire a choir boy. I'm just, I'm just tired of that association. I think, I, I think, think the university's got to dig their way out of a lot of shit and let's just, let's just try and make it easier on everyone. I kind of think it's a non-starter because I don't think it's happening, Yeah, but my retort to that would be that I don't think Louisville's public image could get any worse than it already is. <laughs> I'm not wrong. I mean, once you like, there, there is, there is certainly a part of, and it kind of harken back to like the the suspension with with Mac, is if you never let Louisville get away with anything at all, then they're never going to recover. Yeah, because that's not how college sports are. That's not the reality of the sport. I do hear what you're saying. Yeah, but that would be like my main response to that is. People already think what they think. No question. Anything's changing that. Um, That's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Mike Boyden. You love your guy. I I do. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of like basketball purists that would look at his resume. The resume is not strong. It's not strong. Um, (laughs) there, There are plenty of people that I've spoken to probably in the last 48 hours that have all got the civil recommendation from um, that are very smart basketball people. It, it's, a surprised- little, it's a little too much out of the realm. I think a possibility, I think it's, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't. I mean, I, 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 I think the thing it. with it, here, here's a few things. Okay. So right now, Oklahoma state is finding a way to win games against teams. They shouldn't be beating. I mean, they beat Baylor, they beat Kansas, they beat, maybe not beat both of them. They beat one of them, but they're not going to the NCAA tournament this year. So they don't really have any motivation to do any of these things. Right. They're playing above their expectations. Um, Mike Boynton's a great recruiter outside of uh, everyone knows about Cade coming to him, but he's got other talent there. I think with NLL, NIL, I've already tweeted this out, but recruiting should be the priority. And then you hire good basketball guys on the staff, but I am of the belief that if I have the choice between an excellent recruiter or an excellent X nose guy, I'm taking the recruiter every time because that is, I think that's the step Lowell needs to make. And that's a change. I think who they have been as a program historically, but I I think going forward, that is what you need. Um, I think in the age of NIL and the age of all that, I I, I think that's a hundred percent. I think that's, I mean, it's it's just a, guy that is a tireless tireless worker i mean he's been up for coach the year last year Mm -hmm. um he found ways to make it work with Cade when everybody like said Cade cunningham's going to oklahoma state that's never gonna work and they performed great Mm -hmm. i mean i i am all about it i really am i i do think it is a little bit out of the realm but Louisville hiring a person of color as their, as their, that's obviously a part of that as their basketball coach, that would do so much for the program. You could have kind of the Jawan Howard vibes where everybody, all the former players felt comfortable coming around the program. They're openly supporting the program out loud. I am all about that because that is how you build some type of momentum. When everything seems dead, you build it from within. Mac tried to do that. Mm-hmm. And then immediately three to four months later, half of those players felt away from the program, I guess. I don't know what happened. Maybe it wasn't fair. Maybe it, maybe it was, I, I, I couldn't tell you, but I know that it wouldn't happen with Mike Boyd. And I, I, I do, I feel really strongly about it. I'm probably not going to back down off that ledge either. Cause I, I think he's going to have success. <laughs> I like it. I like if we're talking out of the box, it's inspired out of the box, Chris. I think that's what's. I, I don't want Chris Holman. I don't want Chris Holman either. It feels like you're hiring, firing Chris Mack to hire Chris Mack. 
with him. <laughs> I this is an issue I have because I don't I don't know I don't know who I would want. I mean, I like, it's, 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 it's a tough, I mean, I, it's, I it's, think it's, it's a tough time to do it because a lot of the old safe choices, it, there's a changing of the guard for sure. I think if I had the gun to my head, I would say Oates. Yeah. I mean, I think if they could get him, I know that the fan base would be super, super excited. I do kind of think like his style of play is an unsustainable style of basketball to play. I think that's um, the issue. He needs he needs a, a person that's going to kind of make the tweaks, a defensive specialist to um, to kind of figure help him figure things out. Pretty much like we're going to shoot thirty five threes, and if we make fifteen of them, then we're going to win the game. I just I would rather I lose. live that way, but I would rather lose seven, you know, eighty-two to seventy-eight than I would rather lose. I get it. Fifty-six get it. to sixty-three, and we would rather fifty-six uh, to sixty-three quite a bit lately. <laughs> and I would rather Louisville is probably not in the position to do this. This is why I would be a terrible AD. But I would rather take the gamble on a guy who you don't know the ceiling than hire Tom Cree. Hundred percent. And that's, I mean, that's another point, like against Pearl Boyden, Boyden that yeah. I, like, I know that there could be a situation where it could immediately be a disaster, but if it hit, it would hit in a big way. Let's talk about some other names that I think are just going to come up. Um, we talked about Holdman. What's, what's generally, we're just, we're just, we said we didn't want Holdman, but what's, what's your knock on Holdman, Chris? Just so. It's just a good X and O's guy, but low floor or high floor, low ceiling. He's going to get you the NCAA tournament. Um, you missed the most important part, Chris. What's that? Kentucky he's, guy. He's a Kentucky fan. <laughs> uh, Eric Musselman. I think Eric Musselman is an insane person and I don't want him representing Louisville. I, I think he's a, I think he's a good basketball coach, but I I I think he's an insane person. I really do. I, I, I get I get I'm big to... uh I get big vibes. Who is the guy at Wichita State? Uh, Greg Marshall. I get big Greg Marshall vibes from him. I definitely agree that he's all like he's he's like more vibes than than substance. If that makes sense, like, like I'm that. Just, no, like what, like, like, oh yeah, he's like, he's insanely passionate. Um, you know, he's, 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 I mean, he's like, he's like going in like, like last year, like ripping his shirt off and going to the student section and then like a week later losing to Georgia. Like, okay, bro, cool. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm uh, glad teams, you're excited to be here, but maybe we won some basketball this year, games. They lost a Hostra at home. Yeah, they're having a bad year. They won at LSU though. No, I think LSU is fraudulent too. But yeah, they don't. Outside of LSU, they their only other okay win is Cincinnati. Who you know? I mean, none of the none of the Case current there. like names out there really just. Who's the other guy she, I'm thinking about that they that jacked me up? Mick Cronin's name's been tossed around, which is whatever. People seem to think that he would leave UCLA. I'm not one of those people, but there are people that know more than me that think he would be interested. I that feels like another we know the ceiling on him, but the ceiling's like not terrible, right? Like it's not a bad ceiling. Yeah, it's it's whatever. It's second weekend, second weekend a lot, you know. Sweet sixteen. He's only made one Sweet sixteen. Oh, okay, one a Final Four too. Sorry, Final Four last year. I forgot he coached at Murray State before Cincinnati. And obviously Kenny Payne. Also, like, talk about miserable basketball. He's been they're 100 UCLA is 143rd in tempo this year adjusted. Um, but the last time that this man was in the top, yeah, he's only <laughs> he's only been in the top 200 of tempo once his entire coaching career. Yeah. And that was I mean, basically, basically UCLA like, right now is if you watch them play, it's like minimize the possessions and make extremely difficult jump shots. And somehow that's keeping us in the top 10. (laughs) We will hear plenty about this coaching search. Um, Kenny Payne take you got a Kenny Payne. That's that's the, that's the the (laughs) elephant in the room. Um, Here's my Kenny Payne take, Chris. I, 
hate it less than other people. <laughs> not getting paid takers. I don't really have one. <laughs> I think it's not. I, 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 um, I am very wary of the fact that the, uh, the famous players as coaches experiment is coming to an end in a lot of places, but I, I think, so. think that Kenny Payne is in a better position to succeed than all of those guys. That's my Kenny Payne take. If you said to me that you like knew maybe you could book that Kenny Payne was going to like sign top 15 classes every year, then I'd be more excited about it. But I feel like all these people that have strong opinions on Kenny Payne talking all these absolutes and they have no clue. Like, oh, he's going to be, he's going to be a great recruiter. He'd be great at Louisville. Like, how do you know? What's he done to tell you that? He's, he's not bringing, listen, worldwide West isn't going to let the cash cows out of the barn that easily. Yeah. He's doing it for Nike, dude. Like it's not going to, it's, it's not going to be that easy. Like I, I don't, I completely agree with you on that. That's, we can't talk in absolutes when we're talking about Kenny Payne. We can't just assume that he's going to bring the, the talent that, um, that he brought to Kentucky because there's a system. We know the system. We know we have your playbook. <laughs> you know, like we know the system and now it's going to work. So why would we assume it's going to, it's going to be that exact same way? Sure. I mean, and that's, that's pretty much how I feel about it is like, I mean, sure. If, if that's the move you want to make, I'm not going to be like strongly against it. Like, it's just not going to elicit much of a response from me. But there are some people there are like, I, I just, and it's, it's about this way with the, the AD thing too. There are some people who are so convinced of certain things. They just talk an absolute about, <laughs> it's so about wild, candidates. Dude. And I, I, I just, I, I, I mean, here I am talking about, you know, Bruce, Pearl. I, I mean, I, you know, in, in that certain way, right. Whatever. But, um, it's it's odd like and i think this is just a thing in general i don't know man like this is just that we talk about sports it's good to be early on on someone you know and and and, mm-hmm. and right right like you know you can you can be oh i this is the guy i told you from the start he's going to be the guy or i told well, you from the there's been so many people have been out crisp back like oh i knew from the second that we hired him he was going to be trash yeah and i tweeted that the other day like it's extremely weird to me that you're like doing victory laps about <laughs> your program's coach sucking I, I don't understand that. I mean, for me, the benefit of being early on someone and catching that lightning as a bottle is, is if you get them there right now, then you have a very good coach when nobody around you really, uh, we've talked about this before, but you know, Cal's going to leave soon. He's going to mm-hmm. retire eventually. Kentucky's not going to have a slam dunk person to hire. Jim Beheim is out the door. Coach K, maybe it works with John Shire. Maybe it doesn't. Um, North Carolina is not having much fun right now um, after Roy Williams left. And, you know, it's it's first season, whatever. But if you get it right, man, it's a really, really big deal. Especially now because the, the changing of the guard in college basketball is happening. For sure. Like all the guys are retiring. I mean, the best coach in college basketball right now is probably Mark Few. It's kind of weird. Louisville probably is going to get two two bites of the apple of finding the next. That's a good point. Great head coach. That's a good point. That's a good it's way kind to of, put it. Kind of wild. Um, kind of wild. Um, anything else on this on this coaching search? What do you think, Chris Mack? What type of job do you think he gets? That's a great question. Um, I think do you here here's the question. Do you think it's gonna be a low level power five, or is it gonna be back to mid-majors with him? I was talking to some dude today about completely unrelated to Christian Mack, but he knew I was a Louisville fan. And we were talking about Valpo and their coach and how he just sucked. And he just casually slipped in there. Well, maybe that's where Chris Mack goes. And I was like, Valpo? Like, that seems like a bit of a steep of a step down. I mean, I would see like like DePaul or something like, obviously not DePaul. They've had some success. They're not firing their coach. But that type of like level yes, program. Who's getting, rid of, to, who's, who's getting rid of their coaches this year? 
Georgetown, maybe Patrick Ewan, maybe I, don't, I don't, really don't know. It's probably going to take a lot for him to get fired, but I would say they Georgetown have to be tired. Yeah, Chris Mack doesn't strike me as a DC guy. He, he doesn't, but that type of fit would work. I feel like. Um, is Travis Steele going to get hired somewhere? I don't think so. Not yet. 14 and three, um, Xavier. I mean, shit, Jawan Howard's probably going to be on the hot seat <laughs> maybe next year, not this year, but. <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't think he got it. I don't think he would get he, He's not going there. I'm just saying. Um, I mean, Missouri's going to be looking for a coach. Georgetown, I'm looking at, I'm looking at. Dude, it's uh, Missouri. It could be Missouri. That might work. It could be that Missouri. Might, they just fired Gonzo, Gonzo Morton. Martin. And they've been historically bad for so long. That, that I'm work. looking at the A-10, who's, who, who's, who's getting fired in the A-10. UMass could come open. George Mason could come open. George Washington, St. Joe's in Philly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I just think it's going to be like, there are some guys where, you know, they, they leave a job. They have to take a year off. I'm not sure Chris Mack's going to do that. I don't think his reputation no. has been damaged that much. No. He just looks like the job was a little too big for him, which, which happens. Yep. I think that's the way I feel. Well, any other, any other thoughts on this, on the, on the, on this coaching search? I'm, we're going to have plenty of these segments to come, Chris. <laughs> yeah, not much. I thought I had something else to talk to you about to bring up, but it's not coming to me. Any thoughts on Russell Westbrook uh, going three from three from three tonight um, and, and really just slamming on um Slamming oh, the other the, night, Rudy the, Gobert, the Gobert, the Gobert three, yeah. or the Gobert that, dunk. I can't even watch the Lakers right now, man. I mean, it, it's one of those things to where, ever since like Steve Nash to White Howard, when people totally bought into that working, I had zero hope of this working, and just to watch it like play out in front of your eyes, and I'm not the only one. Like so many people are like, "This isn't going to work. It doesn't make any sense," and it's not working, and you're just like all these geniuses are in your front office. Why couldn't you figure out this thing that every fan knew? It's so, it's so funny. Um, any thoughts on the Knicks? Um, <laughs> they got it. They got to make one more trade. They got to make yeah. one more trade. I, I love, let me, let me say this. Let me say this. Um, I love the trade they made. Absolutely. By low. Um, on the dude whose name is totally escaping me. Oh, he's, he's escaping me too from the Hawks. Um, you're just going to have to Google it because it's going to drive me crazy. I'm literally doing played that it, right played, now. It, played it Duke. It's just I'm, Cam Reddish. Like, Cam Reddish. Yeah, Cam Reddish. I wanted to say Ken Bazemore, <laughs> which was like really Be glad you did. Um, I love the Cam Reddish trade that, you know, buying low on a guy uh, gave up basically nothing for him. Um, really, really fantastic, um, fantastic trade. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, uh, looking to see how, how good that goes. Uh, and, and really just solidifying that we're going to make a terrible mistake and sign Zion, um, in like three years. Uh, so, so looking forward to that, um, bummed, bummed it, the, the East is like so much better this year than it was last year, which is funny. Uh, yeah. so I don't think, I think like, it's going to be like, it's going to take some things for them to make the, um, the playing game playing. Game. But it's like, it's a weird place for the Knicks now because you're in that same spot of, you're just kind of like in the middle, you like the Knicks have been so historically like bad for, you know, outside of last year, like they were, they were awful for a good stretch there. And now you're like taking that next step. is just really, really tough to do. They they have a lot of really good pieces. It's also though. a weird place to be as a fan. Yeah. They have a lot of really good pieces. Um, they could probably trade um Mitchell Robinson, the uh, the WKU product. Um which would be a bummer, but it just doesn't seem like that's gonna it doesn't seem like that's gonna work out. They wanna like spend on him 
Or in, and, in, and you don't want to trade RJ Barrett. Don't want to trade RJ Barrett. Okay. He's been playing really good of late, Chris. Why would why would you trade him? I just think Cam Reddish and him are too similar. Maybe. I don't know. I just don't think they offer too much different. I, I love Cam Reddish. I like him a little bit better than Barrett. That's why I would move him. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, just had Bashir. Bashir uh, rejected the uh, redistricting plans. So some <laughs> that's going to be a fun day to play out. And so that's uh, you know they'll just they'll 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 run that through the the veto gauntlet, the overturned veto gauntlet. Yeah, I know. Um, pretty much useless. Pretty much useless. Um, another bill to limit the Louisville mayor's powers has been filed, um, limiting the mayoral terms to two starting in 2023 and allowing the creation of new independent cities in Jefferson County. Whoa. So going back to a reversal of what the Louisville Metro did, right? Basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's fun. It's, it's always funny to me. Like when you look up population maps that Louisville gets so much more credit for being a much bigger city than it actually is. It's always, yeah. It's really funny to always look at like, Oh yeah. Louisville is like the 16th largest city, but then I think like they're like the 50th largest Metro area, which is like what you got to look at. Mm -hmm. Um, I love doing that little experiment with, with people that are not from Louisville. Yeah, definitely. We're really just, really just shooting around right now. Yeah. You wanted to hear about my fantasy football take. I did want to hear about your fantasy football take. Cause I had a question for you. That's what it was. Um, go ahead and give your take. And then I will ask you a question. We can I was kind of talking wrap things about up Wordle. after that. I was talking about Wordle, Chris, yeah. if people didn't see, uh, well, I, I, I was subtweeting Matt Jones. Um, yeah. <laughs> you and, were. but, uh, but I understand I'm in the same boat where I, I don't want to do that anymore because it's just not worth the hassle. The juice is not worth the squeeze. I just want to say what's on my mind and then go away. So, so Matt it. Jones got mad at people doing Wordle and posting the Wordle. I don't even post the Wordles that much. I just send it to, <laughs> I, I send it to my friends that, that like care about it. And we talk about it for like five minutes, but I like the, the, I, I had a period of time last year where I was doing the New York Times crossword every day. It was a good take. I, I'm, I'm with you. It's good. Yeah, take. no, no. It's just like don't like uh, let people like what they like, you know. Yeah. And like of of all the of of all the things that you're gonna get mad at somebody like for liking Wordle is like the least of your issues. So that was just my take. And I said, you know, everyone says the same thing about fam- fantasy football. Oh, we don't want to hear about your fantasy team. You know, fantasy football has irreparably changed how people watch football. The red zone, I, I, I struggle to watch one singular football game. Um, people now, their relationship with the football, you have people who care about their teams, of course. But listen, I mean, I'm a Giants fan, so they've been bad for the last decade. Have I cared more about my fantasy football team than the Giants for like the last like eight years? Probably. 100%. Absolutely. Not even a question. So, and then you just see like things happen and like a guy, a guy has a fumble or a guy gets hurt. And then their Twitter mentions are just like, you ruined my fantasy season. And people like, people not even just saying that just to be funny. People like saying that just like for real, like it's like their only avenue to interacting with football. And it's just like super weird to me, even as a person who loves fantasy football, puts too much time into fantasy football. It's just like, it's irreparably changed how we have a relationship with individuals. It's, de- it's dehumanize the players. I get it's, what you're saying, but yes. this doesn't happen to the same level in fantasy basketball and fantasy baseball and yeah. fantasy soccer, any of those things. And I, I do wonder if it's just by nature, football is dehumanizing because people are in helmets or in pads. You really see their facial reactions, things like that. Like I, that's a great, I, that's a great take. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's a knowledge bomb right there. No, but I th- I completely agree with you. I think that's yeah. it's a hundred percent. There's I don't know, man. Like this is uh, this is teetering on um, rambling. That's all right. No, no, no. It is rambling. We've we've been yeah. we've been in the rambling zone. Shout out to anybody still listening. Um, but this is teetering on what what would I say? Uh, critical race theory <laughs> right here, bro. Where. Um, there is something like inherently dehumanizing about football. It is in a way that I, I, in a I way that basketball I, has never soccer comes closest. See, I don't think soccer comes close to it at all. But why do you feel that way? 
I think because I watch it at like the highest like money levels, not even like highest level of like competition, but like as much as you have joked with you about like Manchester city and like the, the, like there's just something about like really, really rich foreign guy owns English team comprised of 20 people from around the world. Most of which from, from the African diaspora. Um, I I, I just watch, I just watch an ungodly amount of soccer. You know this, um, that once you leave, like basically just once you go to like second tier, I I, I don't feel that way at all, but I I can understand what you hundred percent. One of my favorite things I've ever done is gone to like a second, uh, a third division, um, Danish soccer thing. It, it was it was absolutely amazing, and it was just like just dudes. These are just guys. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> um, is Kentucky going to win the national championship, Chris? I don't think they are. I do think they're missing like something. I don't know who's going to win the national championship. So I suppose they have as good a chance as anyone. Um, I'm. I, I didn't watch them tonight. I watched. Who did they play last? I watched like twenty Tennessee. minutes. Tennessee. I'm sorry. I'm getting. I'm getting peak too early vibes from Kentucky. And I'm obviously biased. I'm obviously biased, but I'm getting peak too early vibes. And I just don't love this concept with them that the biggest game of the year for them is happening on January the twenty second. Yeah, and I that think doesn't like, seem that doesn't seem good for the overall trajectory of their season. I think they're better than this team, but I get like a similar feel about them as I did Alabama last year. Mm-hmm. Is that <clears throat> man? You can only sustain so much on jump shot shooting, like for so long, especially in the NCAA tournament. You can do it in like a, a series in the NBA because, well. Kevin Durant is maybe the greatest jump shooter of all time, but there's a few guys that are like that, that can consistently hit those shots. But when you got just dudes all over the court, consistently making floaters and like mid range shooting, like that's not going to always work. It's just not. And I, I don't know. I think when you kind of fall into that realm of relying on the shots and then they go away from you for one game, you usually don't respond too well. So, so much of their, so much of their game is, is putbacks and, um, ISO it's, it's really interesting. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely a different type of Cal team. I was, I'm looking at their Ken Palm profile right now. They're, uh, um, only 29% of their shots are three pointers. That's like, there's ungodly low. That's 344th. That if like, there's a lot, that's, there's a lot of mid range game there for sure. Um, any opinion on um, the final four going to a round robin format? I think it's an, I think it's a crazy <laughs> idea that I love, um, but I don't think it will ever happen. What about a, what about a three game series from each team? <laughs> oh, that would be funny. It would be funny, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, yeah. I think we should wrap it up. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm just, I'm just thinking so much about dehumanizing football. The older I've got, the more I really, I'm still going to watch a ton of football, but the more I really just reflected on the NFL and just been like, what the fuck? It's horrendous. Like it's really horrendous. It's so bad. It's really, really bad. <laughs> And just when you think it's like, oh yeah, it's uh, it's not been that bad. They just dropped the, oh yeah, we've like been using uh, like racial stereotypes to distribute retirement funds for the last thirty years. They just dropped that like low key in the third, like the third thirtieth page of a affidavit for a for a lawsuit. <laughs> just like, it just, and it's just like a guy like rips his rips his helmet off to celebrate. And like he gets he gets a penalty. He gets a penalty. And he's, he's obviously a black guy, and his coach, who's an entire white staff, goes and puts him on the bench, and he doesn't play. And then you, I don't know. There's a lot there. There's a lot to bite off, but it is. I have had some deep reflections over the last year about the NFL. That's for sure. Well, I think we should end it there. I'm really looking forward to the comments and the thoughts on this one, Chris. <laughs> um, Louisville plays Louisville plays again on Saturday against um, 
Notre Dame against Notre Dame. They're up to 102nd in Ken Palm. Shout out to them. Um, thoughts on that? 51% chance of win in the Ken Palm, 69, 68 projection. On just like total vibes, I do think they'll win that game because, like I said, I, this team does have a tendency to kind of play. I think they'll have a good crowd. It'll be rocking. Um, and I think the team will feed off of that. From an X and O perspective, three straight seasons for Chris Mack, they have been terrible at defending good cutting teams. There's not many teams in the country that cut better than Notre Dame. Um, so, yeah, that's something to look at from a very geeky X and O perspective. Um, Virginia is another one of those teams. Basically, teams with a bunch of white basketball players are good cutting teams. So yeah, like Davidson. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm sure we'll have we'll have uh, some thoughts in in the post. Um, thanks as always for this, Chris. Thanks everyone for listening. If you made it this far, you get a gold star. You are you are elite uh, VIP member of uh, the what high school listening squad. So thanks to you. Um, until next time, go cards. Be Notre Dame.